0: and it can connect me to the world we have friends in the states, we have friends in in Belarus, we have friends in Russia, we have friends in different places, Australia and we can connect to people all over the world through this laptop Um, it lets me create videos and stories and music and podcasts and accounts and all kinds of stuff just lets me do all of this and I have a phone which is over here which is about 3 years old now, or 4 years old Um, I won't tell you the name because then it would be like I'm plugging. It's not an iPhone though. I switched. But um, this is nearly four years old and it has as much power in it as my laptop has. And it can do just as much stuff. It's amazing what it can do. Um, and if you put it all together or even if you just look at the phone, it has more power. It has, about, it has more power than all they had when they sent the Apollo 11 to the moon and they landed on the moon. I don't know if any of you have ever watched the Apollo 13 movie, right? Do you remember the room they were all in with all of these computers and all of that kind of stuff? And, And amazing computer power. In the day, it was the top of the range. And what you have sitting in your pocket is more powerful than all of the stuff they had on the ground or up in the spaceship. Just imagine what's available to you and to me right now, Okay? But there's something we need now that they needed then. And it's the exact same thing, and that's power. Because without power it doesn't work. And you can have these power plants with massive amounts of gig, ziggig, whatever watts the air, right? Huge things. Does it, they built a block just out here in the car park. You know where that stupid cage thing is at the minute? I don't know what they're up to, but that they built that block specifically to put in some kind of an electrical transformer. And they had to put a concrete roof in and a concrete floor and they built it to really specific standards because the amount of power that's in that little room is lethal. And I'm guessing if you went off and stuck your finger in it, there probably wouldn't be a lot of us left if we did. But it's power. It's it's not unlimited power, but it's massive power. Absolutely massive power. But you know what? It's not worth anything to me unless somewhere I can plug into it somewhere I can plug into it. If I can't plug in, it's useless. Isn't that true? Like I have my phone, I have my laptop, I have all of these things, but if I can't plug them in somewhere, they die. You may or may not have noticed, I love when things happen and then you go, well, okay, I might as well use it in the preaching. My guitar stopped working in the system just as we started playing the very fourth song. It had been grand in the worship practice, wasn't it? I checked it, I tested it, I done it, it was all grand, but the battery died. Just as it started. Okay? What did it run out of? Power. It was capable of doing everything. I could still play the songs. I still had six strings. It was still in tune. All of that stuff. But it didn't have any power. And because it didn't have any power, while I was forcing it and pushing it, there was sounds not reaching the back. There was stuff not happening, even though it was capable It needed the power to make it amplify what it could do out around the room. Does that make sense? My laptop will work for probably seven or eight hours on its own, when not plugged in, once it's fully charged. My phone, depending on what I'm doing on it, who remembers when you had a Nokia 2310 and it lasted for a week (laughs) on a charge? Yeah, That's because it done nothing, right? (laughs) All you could do was make a call or send a text message. There wasn't like 47 things going on in the backgrounds at the same time, using up your battery. Um, I was talking to a friend of ours, um, Phil Swan, and he was—he's the same phone as, me, or the same laptop as me—and he was saying, "I can get the laptop to last two and a half days or three days without charge." And I was going, "How the hell do?" You-? He said, "I turned everything off that goes on in the backgrounds, all the things that drain in the power, and I keep it only for the things I wanted to use the power on." I haven't learned to do that yet. My laptop still runs out after a few hours. But my phone might last a day. But it can recharge it in a half an hour. Anne's phone, you have to leave it in nearly all night to charge. But my one, I can plug it in and literally in 30 minutes, it takes 100% charge. It's like super fast. We have a, an iMac down on the oak. This is not an Apple ad, I promise you. But we have an iMac down on the table, right? And we, when we got it first, we got this little really cute little keyboard and a really cute little mouse that had no wires. It was Bluetooth. Ushiin's smiling because he remembers the nightmares we had with it. What would happen in the middle of when we wanted to use it is it would stop working. The connection would break. And you'd be like, what's going on up on the left? That's the kind of keyboard and and thing we had. Um, So I swapped it. There's a, a keyboard down there that must be 20 years old, but it has a wire on it. Right? There's a mouse I think I bought in the pound shop, but it has a wire on it, okay? We have not had an ounce of trouble with either of them since we plugged them in, okay? Because the connection never breaks because it's plugged in. The mouse works every time we click it. The keyboard works every time we click that. I often, with that other yoke, sat there and type and type, because I'm not one of these that can touch, type, and look at the screen. I, I look at the keyboard and type it. And then I would look up and there would be nothing on the screen. I'd be going, What? Because the connection was broken. Or it'd be gobbledygook on the screen. It wouldn't be what I typed at all. It'd be all kinds of weird stuff. See, that's really frustrating to work with. And it's really annoying to work with. And it's like disheartening even. Because it's like, this has all this potential. This keyboard is amazing. The mouse is amazing. The technology in them is amazing. It was frustrating this morning playing guitar in the worship because there's all this potential and we'd had such a great time in the in the practice and I was like I'm banging my life into this show but it's not connecting. It's so hard when there's no connection. It just makes life harder. Connection is just so important. And connection in life is important. How do we connect people to people? How do you connect? It's not good to be on your own. In Genesis, God said it is not good for a man to be on his own. He knew what he was talking about. You don't leave a man on his own in the house. It's not good. They're not safe. Especially don't leave them with kids. That's definitely not a good idea. But it's not good for women to be on their own either. We need connection. We need each other. Jesus gave us the church so we'd have each other. Because we're the church. It's not the building, it's not the place, it's not a tent, it's not a cathedral building. It's us. He gave us each other. And he didn't give us each other to keep us all loved up and happy. He gave us each other to grow up together. To grow into what he wants us to be, which is everything that he created us to be. There's so much more in each one of us. There's so much more in me, but you know anything that God's got in me so far, he's used other people to do it. There's a scripture that says iron sharpens iron. When two people are walking together, they bounce off each other. Now if you've ever watched iron being sharpened by another piece of iron, do you know what happens? Sparks fly. Yeah. The trouble is with us as as, as followers of Jesus, when sparks start flying we start walking. And saying that we're supposed to be Christians, we shouldn't be like that. It's okay to have a row as a Christian. It's what you do with it afterwards is important. We can disagree. We don't have to agree on everything. There are essentials that we need to agree on if we're going to walk together, but there's a load of rubbish out there that it doesn't really matter. It's not heaven and hell, and it's not going to stop us having a relationship with Jesus, but it might stop us having a relationship with each other, and that would be really sad because that's not what God wants. God came for one body. We're all part of that one body. If I'm a toe and you're a hand, we're, not, we're all part of the one body. We're not supposed to be separated by stuff. We're supposed to be working together. We're supposed to be connecting with each other. So my question is, how are you connecting with other people? And what people are you connecting to? Because you see, if I bring, if I buy something in America, they work on stuff called 110 power. So I'm not pretending to be an electrician. I just know this because I did it once. I bought something in America, brought it home here, plugged it into my thing and fried it. Because our power is twice as strong as the Americans' one. They only have 110, we have 220. There's a friend, of Noel Kenny, who went to the States and came home and bought these Christmas lights for outside the house. This was before you could buy them here, right? He spent five hours on a Saturday putting these up all around the house, freezing. He said, I couldn't even feel my fingers when I was finished. Okay? Then he came down and plugged them in, and they lasted about two and a half minutes. And then they just went, That was it. They fried, because they were 110. All right? If you don't plug into the right thing, you get fried. So what are you plugged into? Who are you plugged into? Are you plugged into the telly? Are you plugged into work? Are you plugged into your mates? Are you plugged into the newspaper every day? Are you plugged into whatever? Or are you plugged into what God has? Are you plugged into the people he's putting around us? Are you plugged into reading what he's saying to you? Are you plugged into listening to what he has to say to you? Because that's, that's your choice. You choose what you plug into. But believe me, whatever you plug into is going to affect you. And what goes in is what's going to come out. And that's what's going to happen in our lives. I know the day is when I don't plug into what God is saying. I don't have the same kind of day as I do when I plug into what he's saying. I know the days I have a routine. I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I do most days before I even get out of the bed is I, I use the Bible app and I read whatever it is. It takes 15 minutes or whatever. I don't even talk to Anne until I have done that. The difference is she gets a better me 15 minutes later than she did if she got me before I did that. When I connect to God first I connect to other people in a very different way. I connect them with what he's saying to me and through me rather than just what's going on in my head. And it's like God built us and created us for fellowship with him. I don't think he was lonely because there was already three of them. I don't pretend to understand how that works but there was and there is. But something in him wanted to be able to give more love away. So he made us. He made you and he made me. And he made 7 billion people on this planet right now. And I don't know how many billions over the last 3, 4, 5,000 years. Yeah. But he did it so he could be connected to us and we could be connected to him. And it's like if we, when he created the heavens and the earth, read Genesis. It's fascinating. And then he created man. He created all the animals, all the birds of the air, fish in the sea, the land, the animals, you name it, whatever it was. But then he created man. And he did something different here. He breathed his life into the man. And for a second, close your eyes for a minute and think of either someone you've, you've been in the presence of somebody who's dead. I have visited the waxworks. And just for a second, close your eyes and think of what that looks like. Because that's what Adam looked like before God breathed life into him. And that's what we're going to look like when God's life leaves this body. When my spirit leaves this body and I go to wherever I'm going to be with God, my body will look like a waxworks. Because this is nothing without the breath of God inside of it. And my life is nothing without connection to God. There are loads of good people in this world doing amazing things who don't pretend to know God. And they're making a great difference. But they're still not reaching the potential that they had if they were connected to the power source, to the right power source. There are other power sources out there. If I can't get my phone to work, I can plug it into my laptop because my laptop maybe has more power. Or it'll eventually suck the laptop dry as well. If I look for a a jump start on my car, the AA will come out and they'll usually have a little battery pack and they'll stick around the car, but that battery pack will run out too. There's loads of other sources out there we can plug into, but there's only one infinite source of power, and that's God. How do we connect to God? Through Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father but through me. No one. And that's in John fourteen six. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. There's nothing to be said about that. (laughs) There's one way. Is that exclusive? Yeah, I suppose it is. Is it open to everybody though? Yeah it is too. It's not exclusive in that you can't come in. It's exclusive in that there's only one door. We have a no perfect people allowed policy. Anyone can come in. Anyone can come in here on a Sunday morning. But there's only one door. (laughs) You come in through that door. You're not going to get in the front door. You're not going to get in the back door. They're locked. There's one door. But anybody can come. How do you stay connected to God? Pray. And prayer isn't about you getting on your hands and knees. Sometimes it is and sitting down on the side of the bed and saying the our Father, hey, Mary, and glory be to the Father, which is what we were taught when we were kids. Or reciting the Our Father 27 times. Or screaming at God, or whatever. Prayers about you sitting and having a conversation. A two-way conversation with your Father in Heaven who loves you. Just like you sit and have a conversation with somebody that you know and this that loves you, or that you love. In Thessalonians it says, pray without ceasing. In Philippians, it tells us, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything in prayer and petition, present your requests before God. Do not be anxious. How many of us are losing days, nights, or hours or minutes of our life worrying and being anxious about stuff? And the scripture specifically says, don't be anxious, pray. Give it to God. And if you do, and and... Genuinely, you can believe this or believe it or not, I have more things right now on my plate that I can be anxious about and not be sleeping over than I've had in a long time in my life. But I haven't lost an ounce of sleep over them. I haven't felt the burden of the fact that as a church we could potentially be homeless in the next month. Because I can either sit at home and worry about that or I can go to the one who can actually do something about it and go, Jesus... I can't fix this. It's yours. And you know what's amazing? He said and he promised, if you turn to me and you come to me, I'll come to you. If you come to me, I'll come to you. So when I go to him, what happens? He comes to me. Then he goes, that's all right, Brian. I'll manage that. You go to sleep. I'm not supernatural and I'm not anything amazing. And believe me, I have spent plenty of nights up William. But I don't do it anymore. Because I know this stuff is real. And I know Jesus is real. And I know God is real. And I know that he doesn't want me worrying. Because it's not going to fix nothing. In all things. In Hebrews it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we can receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Here's what I want to say about confidence. My confidence is based in what Jesus did. Not in what I do. Not even in who I am, but whose I am. Who I am isn't important, but who I belong to is. Jesus came and paid a price for me and for you that we could walk into the throne room of God with confidence. That doesn't mean I go in cocky. Do you ever, those of you who have kids... You want your kids to come with confidence and talk to you, don't you? You don't want them being cocky either, because you want to slap the head off them then, don't you? Yeah, it's like a cheeky little, right? But you do want them to be able to walk in and go, Da, Ma, this is happening. I need help with it. It's not like, here, you, slave, fix my life. But it's like, we, we don't want that attitude. But I do want them being able to ring, text, call, come up to the door or whatever, because mine are left, and say... I need help or I'm in this situation or I I just want to talk. I just like to have a coffee without a problem. That would be lovely. But I don't want them not being able to come to the house. I don't want them not being able to put a hand out and go, I want to talk. I want to have a relationship. And if I'm just an ordinary human man with all of the failings and the madness that's in my head and I can want that, how much more Does God in heaven want that with you and with me? But every time he puts his hand out, we have a choice to go yes to God or yes to something else. I'll go with what the world is offering. I'll go with whatever my mates are doing. I'll go with here, I'll go with there. Or I have a choice to go with God. The confidence is in who we are, whose we are we a child. In John 15, it says, Abide. I'm the vine and you're the branches. And whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm skipping through scriptures and I'm very aware of that. We could spend weeks just doing these one scriptures, Right? Let me pick out two things in this scripture. One is abide and one is nothing. To abide in God, we need to be willing to have purpose in it. We need to have some intention in it. And we need to put some effort and time into it. For me to abide in my marriage, I need to pay an attention. For me to abide in my marriage, I need to put time and effort into having it. And I need to purpose That I'm a married man and I make decisions based on the fact that I'm a married man. Does that make sense? Right. To abide in God, I need to do the same thing. I need to go. I am a child of God. That affects the decisions that I make. It affects the choices that I make. It affects what I put on on Netflix and what I don't put on on Netflix. It affects where I go, who I'm with, what I do. It affects how I spend my money. It affects how I spend my time. It affects all of them things. The other thing is nothing. Without Jesus, I'm not going to accomplish anything that's worth having. Anything. And I've been blessed, and I know I have been so blessed by God to get to do all that I get to do. There's no reason in the world that it would be me, except grace. No reason that's me standing up here, except that's grace. No reason that's me that gets to go to Belarus for the last 15 years, except it's grace. But without God, none of that would have happened. And none of it would happen. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. It doesn't matter what you were told. It doesn't matter what I was told. With God, all things are possible. The last couple of bits. James 4 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I was thinking, this isn't God waiting on you to make the first move. Jesus did that 2,000 years ago first move is over. second move is ours. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to you. While I was still a sinner, an unbeliever, Jesus died for me. In John 14 and 23, it says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And I just thought, home sweet home. How many times if you got back from somewhere and you go home, sweet home? Now, if you've been on a massive holiday and everything was amazing, you don't be going home, sweet home. You're going, oh crap, I'm home. <laughs> right? I understand that. But were you ever anywhere, and you're kind of like, when you get home, you're like, oh, thank God I am home. My own bed, my own duvet, all that kind of stuff, new sheets especially. It's just amazing, right? But home, sweet home. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my father will love him. And I was thinking, to love him, that means that we need to keep his word. To keep his word, we need to know his word. To know his word, you need to read it. And you need to study it. You need to open yourself up to that. So again, what are you connecting into? What are we connecting into? And then the last two, one is from Jude. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. It says, keep yourselves. Keep myself. I have a responsibility in this. It's my privilege to be part of God's family and it's my reward to be part of God's family and what will come with it. But it's also my responsibility to do something about it. And that goes with all of the stuff that we said earlier on. And then the last one. In Luke says he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And i finish with this and I just want to say pray. Talk to God. Don't quit. There are things you do in life, things I've done in life, and I should have quit and I should have stopped. If i had stopped 18 months before I did in the prison, I may never have had the breakdown. But I kept going in a time and a place where I shouldn't have, where I stopped listening to God about it. I was plugged into the wrong thing. But when it comes to a relationship with Jesus, it's always too soon to quit. Always. If it's something that God's called you to do, it's too soon to quit. There was several years ago when we were still up in the hall in St. Mary's and we'd done, I think, probably three Sunday mornings in a row where the only people who were there for the church were the people who set the place up. We set it up, we'd done church, and we stripped it down, and no one else came. There was probably seven of us there one morning. I remember I had a preaching and all on and I said, let's all just sit down and I'll talk through this. I wasn't putting too much work in to let it go to waste. You were getting it, there it was only six of us or whatever. But we sat down and everything in me wanted to quit and walk away. It was like, this is not working. We've got this wrong. But somewhere, going back to God, he just said, no, you just hold your patience. Hold your patience. And we did a super soul Sunday in the July and we had four guest speakers in and something kicked. I didn't take it personally that they came to hear other people instead of me. That was okay. But they came. And from there we went from strength to strength. And, and we're not saying, I know, we don't have thousands of people. We don't even have hundreds of people. But I'm seeing God moving in people's lives and bringing them deeper into relationships with him and changing marriages and changing families and rescuing people from pain and setting them free from unforgiveness and working miracles financially in all kinds of ways in lives that we would have never seen if we quit. I'm not saying God wouldn't have done it, but I would have never seen it. I don't think I'm that essential to God's plan that he can't get stuff done without me. But I do think I'm that privileged that he lets me be part of it. And he lets me see it. And I think he has that same privilege for every one of us. But we need to be connected. So don't give up. It's always too soon. Cause He will never ever give up on you. Never. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you will never give up on us. Father, I thank you that 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 Jesus. I thank you that your love for us never stops. That your care for us never stops. That even when we go dancing in the muck, the Huey, I thank you that your promise is true. And that every time we turn around, you're there waiting. Just like prayer that we would stay connected to you that we would plug into the infinite power source that is your Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm aware this morning has been challenging. Lord, we were challenged about forgiveness, we were challenged about money, and now we're challenged about connection. But Lord, I believe you want us to be more than we've allowed ourselves to be. I believe that you have so much more for us. So, Father, I pray that you would come and walk in our hearts. That this day, this day, that we would draw a line into sand. And that we would connect into you in a way that we have never done before. And I would pray right now in the silence of their hearts that people in this room would say, come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. I give you everything. I give you everything. I give you my life. I give you everything. I pray that people in this room would draw near to you. And even if people listen to this online, that they would draw near to you. Right at this minute. For you are close. You are so close. Lord, you never give challenge without giving grace. You never give challenge without giving the means or give challenge without giving the way. You're not looking to torture but you are looking to expand. You're not looking to bring pain, but you are looking to bring freedom. Your word says that you came to bring freedom. Your word says that you came to give life, abundant life. Abundant life does not have chains wrapped around it. So can I pray for your people that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that they would be free. That they would know the blessing of your grace upon them. That they would know the power of your spirit walking through them. And that they would know God beyond the shadow of a doubt, how much they are loved For you. Bless your people, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.